Transform your home and make space for more fulfillment and joy. Get personalized help with transforming your home from a nationally recognized professional organizer. Are you ready to commit to making a lasting change? Presenting the Clear Space, Clear Mind virtual organizing sessions. Simply visit www.barbiejoe.com to book your session today. Hi, this is Barbie Joe, and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We'll discuss tricks of the trade and systems to improve family life and managing a household. Hello, everyone. Barbie Joe here. Welcome to another episode of Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Today, I have a special guest, Amber Trueblood. She is a licensed therapist, an author, a podcaster, and a mother to four sons. She's an avid reader and learner and curates courses, workshops, and simple self-care tools for women. So since 2019, she's launched Stretch Marks, a self-development tool for mothers who are being stretched in every direction. And Amber has written and contributed to articles and national publications, including, oh, The Oprah Magazine, Bustle People, Fatherly, Wedding Wire, Mind Body Green, Good Housekeeping, and Parade. Dang, that's amazing. And she's been featured in LA Parent and Times of San Diego and provides regular content for both motherhood, maternity, and mama's uncut. Amber has appeared as a featured expert on television such as E, Daily Pop, KTLA, and CBS 8. So this is a a treat, truly a treat to have you here with us today. Welcome to the show, Amber. And today I'm super excited to talk about relationship care and communication. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Well, thank you for having me. I love the name of your podcast, by the way. It's awesome. And often lots of my kids get lost in the heaping pile of laundry on my sofa right now. (laughs) So I can imagine that we have two couches and we push them together like one giant bed kind of. And then on top of that, most of the time is, you know, three to four loads of laundry. (laughs) So I have, um, I have four boys. Um, They are 8, 10, 12, and 13 years old. And I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I have a book called Stretch Marks out and a podcast called Stretch Marks. And I'm working on my second book right now. I just signed my agent agreement. um, So I'm really excited about that. And it focuses on kind of the upside of fear. So um, I'm working on the title still. But uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to giving your audience some like, I'm all about practical tools. So giving them some practical tools, um, ways to either, you know, improve or build on relationships that are already working well, but maybe under some stress um, and pressure, um, or some tools to really help the spiral reverse itself if you're feeling like your relationship is in in kind of a downward spiral or you're feeling more and more disconnected from your partner, which is happening a lot these days, frankly. This is incredible. And I think so relevant right now with the way just life is, it's just kind of chaotic and disconnected. So to get back to it, to 
reconnect and make things better. Let's dive in. Tell us all the things. Okay. Well, I'm going to focus because I can go off on lots of tangents, but you know, the last thing I want to do is give you like so many practical tools that you're like, oh my gosh, my head is swimming. Which ones do I do? So the first thing I always want to say to people is like, you know yourself best and you know your relationship best. So as you're listening to us talk, like do yourself a favor. And when you see yourself like kind of smiling and nodding your head, like, oh yeah, yeah, I could totally do more of that. Or I think that would make a real positive impact on my relationship. Then, you know, that's the tool. Like that's the practical tip that you want to try to do tonight before dinner or tomorrow morning, you know, at coffee or so, you know, I really want to encourage you to like notice your own reactions so that you can actually make use of these tools. So that's the first thing. So one of the things I want to talk about first is apologies. And I liken it to this because sometimes there's things that um, often, right, we were upset or anxious or frustrated about something at work or something with one of the kids or frustrating email you just got or a or a disheartening story you just read on the internet. I mean, so many things are impacting our moods and also distracting us from the present moment that often we're like saying things or doing things or using tones that are not like our best self, right? With our partner. (laughs) And so taking those opportunities to apologize as quickly as you can get there, like in real, like with integrity, right? Like where you're really feeling it. And Um, And not to make an excuse, but to explain, oh my gosh, you know what? I just said that in a really snarky tone. I was thinking about this frustrating phone call I just had and I took it out on you, which was not cool. I'm sorry about that. It doesn't have to be a long sit down thing, but just call yourself out on it. And one of the lovely things I would love to add to this, because I think it can be really powerful if you're a parent and you have kids in the house is do it in front of them because chances are you don't save your snarky comments for what only when your children are out of the room. So don't save your apologies for only when your children are out of the room. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. So what I say about apologies is to do them as quickly as possible. And even if it seems something small, if it's still on your mind, chances are it's still on their mind as well. And for instance, like think about maybe something that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know, when you were a kid or when you were in college and somebody just really kind of screwed you over or did something that was really unkind and, but you haven't spoken to them for 20 or 30 years. So cut to the present. Say you got an email from them today out of the blue saying, Hey, you know what? I know we haven't spoken in decades, but I just wanted to let you know that I think about all the time how our relationship ended and I, I really screwed up and I just want to apologize for my part in that. It was not cool what I did or what I said. You know, chances are you would feel really good hearing that from somebody. So, you know, if we'd feel good hearing that from somebody who's a complete stranger, imagine how you feel when it's somebody that you, who's your partner, who you live with, you know, who you have a family with. So I really encourage people to you know, call yourself out when you've done something or said something in a way that's not really your best self. And it doesn't have to be a big deal, but apologizing as quickly and with as much integrity and honesty as possible, as well as doing it. And, you know, I challenge you to like for bonus points, doing it in front of your kiddos um, so that you're modeling for them and 
you know, what I've found in my house is I see them apologizing, you know, quickly and easily and, and meaning it to one another. And that's when, you know, like, all right, I'm doing, I'm doing something right. Right. Love that. Yes. Model by example. It goes a long way. It's much, much more powerful for your kids to see you apologizing to your partner than to tell them to apologize to their siblings. Right. Oh my gosh. 100%. Yes. When you're forcing someone or even telling someone what to do, chances are they're going to resist and not do it just, you know, despite you. But I think it's brilliant. And the best way to get someone to do what you want them to do is to model it. Right. Exactly. And then the more you practice, like for instance, if this feels really uncomfortable to you because you never do it, you can always preface it like this. Like, Hey, you know what? I know I like never apologize for my snarky tone or my eye rolls or whatever, but I I'd like to change that. Like I feel badly when I do it and I'd like to stop. So I'm sorry. You know, there's always a way to say exactly what's on your mind. Um, And I think people appreciate that, especially when it's coming from a place of honesty, you know, and integrity. The second thing I wanted to talk about, and I think can be really powerful or a a note to remember. So often we have something we want to talk to our partner about, right? Something that's like driving us nuts or something we're really um, hurt by or upset about, you know, that could very easily potentially create uh, or build, you know, build into a big argument or, uh, or if you're having like a spiral fight, which I call like something that's a topic that you fight about all the time, you know, that like for years it's your on and on and on like, oh, every three or four months we have this same argument and it's been going on for eight and a half years. And, you know, we all have them. The, the good thing is if you talk to people who've been in really long relationships, believe it or not, like these can get resolved. And not only just because one partner like gives up, <laughs> I swear it can be resolved because time builds perspective and you mature and you learn different ways to communicate more effectively, I think. But one of the approaches that I recommend when you have something on your mind is to, you know, set yourself up for the most like highest level of success in that conversation. So things not to do, don't present it when either of you are uh, exhausted, <laughs> you know, um, when you haven't eaten, when you've had a terrible day, when you're coming off something else that's frustrating. I mean, those are just recipes for disaster. And that's when most of us finally blurt it out, right? At the end of the day, kids are finally in bed. You finally have two minutes to yourself. And you're like, uh, by the way, I did not appreciate XYZ that you said, you know, and that it all comes out, right? Yeah. So in my marriage, I realized that most of our fights were happening because the conversation was taking place at a really bad time. Like we were on our way to an important event or a high stress situation, or just came out of an uncomfortable or intense, you know, situation or conversation with work or school or whatever it is. And that's usually when the big explosive things happen, right? Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because if you're already feeling those um, insecurities or frustrations or anxieties about a different situation, it very, very easy, easily can translate into, oh my gosh, and this is why I'm upset about this with you, you know, although it's normal and it makes sense um, and it happens so easily, it doesn't mean that you can't 
take a moment and say, okay, what's my, what's my purpose here? What's my goal? And, um, you know, would there be a better time to talk about this? Would there be a better way to broach this subject? Cause sometimes the very first sentence that comes out of your mouth sets the tone for the whole argument. Um, and so the more purposeful you can be about what that sentence is <laughs> that comes out first, you're really in control. Like you, you really can make a huge difference in what the conversation becomes because it's just human nature. It doesn't even matter how right you are and how wrong they are. If you come at it with that perspective, most people will react um, either, you know, aggressively or, you know, not in a way that's ideal. <laughs> Let's just say that. Right. right. Totally. Either aggressively or push you off like you're being some crazy, super paranoid or super ridiculous, you know, person, or just leave you to feel more disconnected from them, which my guess for the most part is not your goal because as humans, we all, we want to feel connected, right? We want to feel supported. We want to feel respected. We want to feel appreciated. And so does your partner. So if you come out that conversation with a first sentence that's going to lead them to feel disrespected, not supported, not appreciated, not recognized, not loved, then you know you're you're going to you're going to touch some tender points there and you got to be prepared <laughs> for what what that will bring to the table. 100%. You're so spot on. It's all in the timing and the delivery. <laughs> Yeah. And I think the way to adjust that is not to like force yourself to like swallow down your frustration and not say your feelings. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying take another, like take a breath, obviously, take a breath, but also be really honest with yourself about what your goal is. Because, and you can say, yeah, my goal is I'm mad and I want to yell and scream. Okay. Then what will happen? Well, then he'll probably yell and scream back or he'll just leave the house because I'm yelling and screaming again and he's over it, you know, or whatever it is, you can kind of play it forward in your head and then you can rewind and say, okay, is that, is that how I want this to flow? Cause we've done that probably 70 or 80 times, <laughs> you know? So it's, you know, it's just one of these things where a little bit of self um, awareness can go a long way. Yes. Like take a deep breath, evaluate the situation, and then go in prepared. I, I think I've been guilty of being in the heat of the moment and just like spewing from the mouth. And that's not productive at all. Yeah, we all have. And sometimes we do it because it it does work. Like sometimes we have a partner that, you know, doesn't want to get into it. And so they're more likely just to be quiet and listen, and then to let you let off steam. And if that's not damaging the connection between you, then they might really be able to hold that space for you and allow that, allow you to vent without taking it personally. And some people, you know, some people have that dynamic. So, but you could also check in and ask your partner if you're not sure, say, Hey, I know this is kind of like how we do this (laughs) and how this has worked in this past, but I hope you know that I I really appreciate you giving me that space. And it doesn't mean that I don't love and respect you, you know, maybe just swoop it in that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I will say your tip on doing physical activity while having difficult conversations is life-changing. I kid you not. That just happened recently. And we were like, okay, let's go for a walk. 
we ended up walking like five miles, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but when we got home, you know what? Things were sorted out. We both felt fine. And it was the most productive conversation we had had in a long time. That's fantastic to hear. Yeah. And there's so many reasons, right? You're out in nature, you're breathing fresh air, there's less distractions, you're physically moving. So your brain is working better. You're oxygenating your brain. You're, you know, like it's, there's so many physiological differences that are happening in your body that are going to make you more likely to react and, and be able to kind of listen with a higher level of like mental capacity than, than you otherwise would have. So there's like, there's legit physiological reasons why it's beneficial. It's not just like, cause it's nice to get outside, like making an effort to, to find the time to do that can be really powerful. So I love that you, that you've seen that difference yourself. That's fantastic. Life-changing like for real. <laughs> Beautiful. To anyone. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, and I did have one more thing that I thought would be useful to people. So again, like as you're listening to this, like figure out just the one or two things, the one or two strategies that you can institute into your family or your partner relationship that you think is like, wow, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That that could work. I think that'll work, you know? So, you know, go easy on yourself and then try that. And if it works, then come back to this and listen to it again. Right. And then you add another one. So, um, what I was going to say for kind of my third strategy is really focusing on what you want more of in your relationship in terms of your partner, because like any human we're wired, right. To notice the threats in our environment, notice what's not working, notice the pain in our bodies that you know, are not working. And, and because that's how we're set up, that's how we survive. And so focusing on what is working well, the positive things in your relationship is something most of us have to on purpose consciously do because it doesn't come naturally for most of us. So, and often the very thing that's aggravating you about your partner today, I would love for you to challenge yourself by asking, huh, is this something that I actually was attracted to in the first place about this guy or this woman? Because chances are there's a really positive part of that. You know, every, I always say like, and I, and I always encourage people to think of their children like this too, is like every super annoying trait or quality in a person has a flip side. It has a flip side. Like it has a certain situation where that serves them, where that characteristic like stubbornness say, you know, we could also call that resiliency or persistence, you know, like there's a flip side to every characteristic. So one, it's helpful to ask yourself, huh, did I used to really like this about this person? Okay. Then you're a little bit to blame because you drew this to you. You were like, I want this in my life. And now you're like, oh my God, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> So that it, that's a nice, like, just kind of it, it will deflate a little bit of the frustration by realizing, oh, I kind of asked for this <laughs> a little bit, um, if that applies. Um, secondly, focusing on what you want more of. So actively, especially before bed, I think this is always positive. If you find yourself ruminating about like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. Or I can't believe they said that, or I can't believe this happened. And um, and it made me feel hurt, angry, frustrated, you know, not seen, not heard, not appreciated, whatever it is that it really triggered in you, 
take a breath. And I like to say, like, I love journaling. I think it could be really, really powerful way to work through, you know, emotions. And so I'll say like, take maybe 20% of the page and just be like, ah, I'm so angry. I'm so hurt. This is so effed up. Like, this is not okay. And then take the next 80% of the page to remind yourself of the qualities and characteristics that you value in the person. Even if you're like, oh, they have nice teeth. Like that's all I can think of right now. You know what I mean? Even if it's something super basic, like start simple, Yeah, start simple, doesn't matter. And just start listing it off, listing it off, listing it off all the positive qualities, all the things you appreciate, whether it's actions, whether it's words, whether it's characteristics, whether it's, you know, personality traits, maybe it's something they did for you. Um, and going to sleep in that state of mind and that state of gratitude obviously does so much for your ability to have quality sleep, restorative sleep, um, and to wake up the next day feeling like, oh, okay, this feels a little bit more in perspective. I love that. That's really good. In fact, that's something we've kind of implemented with our children. Uh Whenever they get into, you know, a fight or whatever. We'll make them say, you know, five nice things about each other to each other. And mm-hmm. it's funny because at times it'll be like, well, I like your shirt or you're having a good hair day. <laughs> right. And before we know it, we're laughing over it instead of being upset. So there is definite power behind that. Yeah. I love that trait. We we would do sometimes, and we haven't done it for a while, but we called it circle, circle compliments where you would say something um, that you appreciated or admired about the family member to your left, you know, we'd go around the space and man, there's nothing like hearing a compliment from your sibling, right? Uh, yeah. right. So different than hearing it from your parents. Um, And then, you know, what we also did just since you brought it up is we do like a, what I'm working on, meaning like what character trait am I working on in my, and, and you can start it yourself. Like I would say to them, I'm working on being in the present moment more often instead of in my head, planning ahead, like really enjoying what is right in front of me and the people that I love in my life right now and saying that to them. And then they would go all around the room and say what they're working on. And what was cool about that, that I saw was, you know, when a kid says I'm working on, you know, one my youngest at the time said, I'm working on not hitting my brothers in the bottom when I walk past them. <laughs> and it was really funny because the other brothers were like, Oh, I'm so glad to see that he he really realizes that that's super annoying and I don't like it. And so it kind of gave everybody else a little bit more compassion because it shows that you you have insight, you know, you know what you're doing that's annoying or not helpful, not conducive to like the family <laughs> dynamics. So I I love that. I love circle compliments. I love what what I'm working on and I love like you said of when you're in an argument, having them focus on, even if it's subtle, even if it's something, yeah, like, I like your shoes, your hair looks good today. (laughs) And it brings a lightness to it, right? It brings like, Uh, yeah, to the, to the conversation. Totally does. It changes. It just changes the whole dynamic of what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so great. Okay. Well, these have been so useful and you've given us so much to take in. I love this. So tell us, how can we find you? 
Yeah. So I am at ambertrueblood.com and there you can find everything. And I have free downloads. That's where I would start first and free download um, specific tools and strategies for, and I like, like you saw here or heard here, like it's all about like practical stuff that's going to be useful, hopefully in the here and now. So I have like seven strategies for new moms. And then I have um, my, my top 21 tips for, and there's like, it doesn't, it sounds overwhelming 21, but there's like three in each kind of area of your life, like three for your emotional well-being, three for your physical well-being and on like that. But, um, and that's for, you know, any overwhelmed moms. And then I have a new one coming out for entrepreneur moms, which is like the top 10 tips for that all successful and happy entrepreneur moms use uh, regularly. So coming out soon. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, we'll include all that in the show notes so everyone can find you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out my website at barbiejoe.com. And if you liked this episode, you've got to subscribe. I'd love to have you join me. Bye for now. 